Welcome to Foundations, powered by Building Point. Join us each week as we discuss the world of building construction. All right, well, hello and welcome to Foundations, powered by Building Point. We're back, you're back, sitting in the studio today, ready to talk about construction, technology, and the nexus of where those two things meet. My name is Corey Meyer, and I'm joined, as always, by my dependable cohorts, uh, Chris Hawkins, Steve Karen. Gentlemen, what is up? Hey, man. How's it going? Hey. Good morning, guys. Man, Steve. So you're coming. You're coming from the. Uh, you're coming from the great beyond. So you're you're actually remote in today. Yeah, absolutely. Wanted to uh, spare you guys from what I've been dealing with the past week. So um, nobody needs to to get to get this sick. So yeah, we are. I figured I'd spare mode. you. <laughs> we are in the back to school mode. So yeah, the germs are flying around heavily around the office yeah, right now. That's so. for sure. <laughs> Nothing like a little quarantine. <laughs> so. Yeah. So we've quarantined, Steve, at his home. So, so we're, 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 I know you guys are doing well. We talked about that. Um, we're in the middle of football season. So Chris and I were yeah. right offline. We were just talking about that. So big Gator game this weekend. Big game this weekend. Man, I can't remember. It's, it actually means something this year. <laughs> oh, please stop, man. <laughs> it has been a long time since I've had this feeling. So, uh, so It's October and you're still excited about football. Yes, very true. Very true. <laughs> so, and um, so, so last time out, we had Michael Fry on. We talked about points layout and some of the trades. Um, and it kind of started this sidebar conversation after we had turned the mics off. And that was this idea of the federated model or, or, the, or the central model, if you will, for those jobs that have them or are looking for them. But for today, for simplicity, we'll call it that. I know that, that Chris, you, you see a whole bunch of, of ditches that we can drive into when we say that word federated model. But for simplicity, we will call it that today. Certainly, that works. Um, but in different terms, we're simply saying that there's a single model or design um, that the entire construction project can use. And that's where I wanted to dive in today. We kicked around um, the idea of having someone sit here on the fourth mic and having a guest on. But this is one of those kind of minefield topics like, oh, I don't know, site control. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, so we thought it best to start out with just a high-level chat um, about the models and the many different data sets that are found on job sites. And we totally reserve the right to come back to this, of course, for a deeper dive. Um, so with all those caveats out of the way, so let's sort of jump into this. So the federated model is simply a technical way of saying that there's a single centralized model and I mean, idealistically or conceptually, it's been a great idea and it's been the holy grail in construction since really BIM was formed. Is that accurate, Chris? True, true. Um, I mean, so just a bit one clarification from my anal uh, background is that, you know, so it, it's a single centralized model, but it's really kind of a wrapper, right? So the wrapper right. is basically taking everybody's individual models and then bringing them together. So, I mean, that doesn't seem like it's you know, such a, a whirlwind or, or mind-boggling uh, initiative, but uh, in in the real world, it, it very much can be. But yes, it, it's it's the it, the 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 whole point is just to have everybody's model in uh, one central location, so everybody can benefit it. Everybody can cross-analyze and uh, see what the world the other person's doing besides just talking about it. And really, because at the end of the day, if that theory were to hold, you would have an amazingly detailed model oh, to hand over yeah. for the yeah. next 20 years of the job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It would be a huge handover. The owner would be uh, just, you know, over the moon um, <laughs> from all the data that they have. You know, and, and, and it, it is happening, um, but it's still, you know, there, it, it, there's still a wide gamut from, you know, having a single model to having all the models that uh, just provide a wealth of information for the end product. And that's, and that's really where we wanted to, to kind of attack it from today in this first conversation about whether it's a centralized model or whether it's, you know, like you said, this wrapper. But, you know, it's 
now we're finally getting to the point where a lot of people are using CAD even. So moving from the plan stage to the CAD stage. And so you've got these different, different elements that you're beginning to see of the BIM concept coming up. But how do we get the benefits of that without maybe having a job that's 100% within this federated model concept? Um, and there is some deliverables if you have the discipline to use it. So as we as we jump into this, I, I know like you said at the top, Chris, this is obviously something that that is to varying degrees on different job sites. We see some industries that have to do this by necessity, right? So healthcare is one where coordination is such a huge thing. Exactly, you have to jump into some type of centralized. Yeah, right? true, true. So I mean, it, just like you're saying, it, it it benefits to start somewhere. I mean, so even even if you're just looking at architecture and structure, even you know if you start bringing in mechanical or electrical or plumbing. Um, it, it's, it really depends on the scope of the project. I mean, some things might just be a shell and core project and there's still, you know, absolute benefits of you know, knowing what, where you're wrapping your structure. And the other things, like you say, you get into healthcare, you have crazy dense, uh, you know, uh, overhead plenum spaces where everything has to get shoved together. You might have height restrictions on where you're building. So it, yeah, it, it, it immensely behooves, you know, the project to be able to bring these things together and truly see um, the details, because the, you know you're not going to talk about all these things, all these you know uh, suppressed slabs and 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 cantilevered uh, you know structure that right. uh, that might not you know you're, you're not expecting it to to uh, overlap the the duct runs, um, and so to actually be able to bring these things together. Um, run clashes on it. I mean, I mean, that's kind of the next step, right? I mean, you can visually see it, but now you're actually be able to, be able to pull reports out of it. You're able to throw those into RFIs. You're able to start, you know, segmenting and dicing up these individual areas of the building and knowing exactly where you are and where you need to go. And that really is the exciting part of the, that's one of those first benefits we wanted to talk about was clash is a huge thing that you can benefit from, even if you don't have a hundred percent buy-in, oh, the yeah. more people you have, the better clash you get. Yeah. I mean, I mean, clash is one thing where you just simply say, Hey, look, Look at that picture right there. You know, a picture's worth a thousand words, and it's, uh, it's you know, it's obviously conflicting. But is it conflicting? How much have you modeled, right? I mean, did you model the insulation around the ducts? I mean, is that where it's conflicting? Because that potentially is just going to mash together, and who really cares, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna, to, you know, compress in the field. Um, but then there's other as aspects of it to where it's like, well, uh, it can't conflict at all. So that's where the reports come in. You have exact tolerances as to where this stuff's going to go. Um, you, you know, you, again, we get an insulation. You can put in, you know, two inches, three inches, four inches, whatever it needs to be, and then quickly realize, well, uh, we <laughs> over-insulated that guy. So, you know, there's, there really is no clash there. Um, but, no, it, it, once, you know, GC's see these clashes, you know, and then realize, oh my gosh, there's a report and there's 50 clashes and, and well, nothing else is clashing. So I only have to worry about these areas. Everything else is going on fine. So, I mean, it, it starts, you start generating a picture real quick and creating metrics of understanding where you are in the project, how, you know, how much extra that, you know, that you're adding to the schedule that you have to deal with. Um, and even though you might be adding something, you still have a peace of mind, the fact that I, I have a bit of a control over where this is going. Right. And so, and so it, it, it quickly, you know, uh, you know, kind of gives you lots of different touch points of where you are and where you need to be. And, and honestly, it gives you a comfort level, too. So. And, and to speak more to that clash, and, uh, and Steve, we'll, we'll dig you out of the cold freezer here in a second. <laughs> but, but, but as we're talking about clashes, I think the other thing that's important is, you know, design teams have already begun to assume that 
the BIM and the coordination project process is further along. So, you know, we do a lot of scan projects. We do a lot of help in modeling existing conditions, but it's amazing how much you were talking about plenum space, how that is shrinking. You know, design teams are already assuming that your coordination is going to oh. be amazing. Yeah. Right. And so you're getting less and less space to do the same amount of systems work. Yeah. And so you kind of have to have this step to be able to, to get to where the designers had intended originally. Yeah. I mean, it really behooves you to, to go the route. I mean, I mean, it's it's not like it's anything extra to do this, right? I mean, it's just the fact to hmm. to bring it into the schedule and just plan for it because because it's the right. same work, it's just at a different point. Right, right. It's it's actually just like saying, okay, I mean, so everybody, you know, so the federated environment, so everybody's out doing their own thing. You know, it's like, hey, you know, we'll I'll share you my model, you know, model with you if you actually want to benefit from it, kind of thing. Did um, you just say I'll show you mine if you show me yeah, yours? Well, yeah. <laughs> I forgot I forgot the setting we were in. I quickly backed <laughs> off of that. Um, but it, it's it's just truly you know caring about what the other trades are doing right I mean so it's, it's kind of like uh, lots of people think in the design uh, perspective is that uh, it, we'll try you know we'll put we'll put our best foot forward but all this stuff's gonna get figured out in the field you know and it's like so but in a federated environment you're gonna f- start finding these things you know I mean if it's federated in the in the in the forefront of the project and not just on the GC side some people think just like hey, We'll we'll get to that point when it gets to the GC, you know, and the GC's like, well, hell, I mean, I'd be able to schedule all this a hell of a lot better if it would actually happen up front, so... And I think you're starting to touch on some of those challenges that we have now, right? So so there's good and bad. Otherwise, everyone would be 100% on this federated concept. Um, so what are some of those? I mean, what are some of the real-world obstacles that even we run into on a daily basis for why everybody's not using geometry and, and centralized CAD and all that stuff? Well, I mean, lots of that. It just comes down to communication just like anything else. It's like how 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 how, how well, do you like the dude you're working with? You know, do you think he's do you think he's competent? And it's like, no. Well, then I got to do everything myself, kind of thing. And I don't want to be involved with what he's doing. You know, I can feel that. I have thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and but then too, it's just like you know. I mean, okay. So here's the models. Um, you know, you got software platforms. You know, are you using Revit? Are you using Tecla? Are you using SketchUp? Are you using AutoCAD? I mean, I mean, are you using MicroStation? There's where's it coming from? For the most part, those guys are pretty interoperable. Um, what type of data is going into those models? You know, is it, is it intelligent? Is it, is it, uh, you know, modular? Is it, is it, uh, you know, parameter based or is it just a bunch of geometry? Um, and so, I mean, you're, you're going to get feedback off of that. Um, the next thing is, is how everybody set up their model. You know, this guy set it up based off North. This guy set it up because, you know, he doesn't like working on a 45 degree angle. This guy set it up because he didn't set it up. He's like, he, he gave it to the lowest, to, to his newest, uh, CAD guy. Or his only CAD guy that he, that he just brought on, and uh, and he just started drawing, you know, whatever. And so you get all these. I see mo- beads of sweat coming up on your forehead. Yeah, I know, right I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Does, does it look like I faced some of these things before? Um, and so it's you know, so you end up uh, figuring out you know how all this stuff comes together. Um, and uh, I mean, you, lots of times you bring this stuff together in Navisworks or some central kind of you know conglomerating you know uh, software and and. Uh, Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not so easy. Um, and 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 that that's that's just one aspect of it. Is even just how the models put together. The next thing is, you know, does are, are people using control? Are, are is there control on site? To, you know, when you when we're talking about bringing scans into the play and and, and 
verifying existing conditions and verifying, you know, is the scan uh, or is the design model and what everybody planned and thought was reality is actual reality. And then that can't happen unless, you know, there's control on site and then control sometimes can't happen um, if it's a renovation because all the structure is already embedded inside of, you know, uh, you know, walls and, uh, and hidden. Um, so then you got to bring a surveyor in and, and it's a, Cycling, keep cycling, right. keep cycling. You can see where I'm going down the rabbit hole, basically. No, and, so. and, and that's exactly right. And I think that that's, I, I think that on every job, you know, I would, I would probably argue that the amount of time spent is the same however you do it. It's just when you're scheduling yeah. that time to be spent. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and to, to do this kind of centralized model, the problem is a lot of the work has to be done up front. And you're going to save it on the back end. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're adding time to the schedule. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that that's all that's that's where all the new, you know, IPD and you know all these contracts are coming sure. up because the more everybody plays nice together, you know, the the faster you can get ahead of it, you know. And so then if you play nice together, hey, everything should run more smoothly, everybody should share more of the profits, yada yada yada. I mean, it's and that that's a whole another conversation to have, but that's exactly right. I mean, the you're going to spend the time doing it um, whether you're being proactive and, you know, whatever your adjustments are in the field are minute or whether mm. you're reactive mm-hmm. and your adjustments in the field regard, you know, moving an entire column, you know, I mean, that's, it's, uh, it, it, you're going to get to the same endpoint. You're going to build the building. It's just whether or not how, how smoothly it goes, you know, how many times do you have to have the mechanical trade back out to move something right. or they're like, no, nope, moved it twice. You know, someone else is going to reroute their stuff. Well, no, I already fabricated this stuff exactly the way I was going to run it. So now it's going to cost you more because I got to refab. It's like, oh my goodness, guys, you know, so. Now it's just comparing change orders and seeing yeah, which yeah, one's the yeah, least exactly, bad, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and, and, and I think the data side of it is one of those huge challenges, you know, and it, because Sharing this stuff is is there's a lot of different ways to do it, and we were talking before we flipped the mics on today, you know, and Steve was was kind of likening it to this idea of trying to merge a bunch of Excel spreadsheets together. Like that's not the best way in his side of the business, you know, the cost planning side. That's rough, but a lot of people do it. We still have this data management flow that we have to deal with, and somehow figure out how everybody does play on the same page. Um, looking at it from kind of a you know the layman side for me is, you know, everything's great if if you've got all members of the project working together um, and willing to cooperate and be, you know, into this collaboration piece on the front end and to really give you that, you know, reliable model and great benefits moving forward. But that opens up all those questions is that, you know, how many people are going to be in, you know, inputting info into this? Who's inputting the data? Is it a reliable source? Like you had touched on, Chris, is it someone that you trust? You know, are you going to really trust the data that's that's input in there? Well, yeah, um, there's a proficiency delta. I mean, it's just oh, nature. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> and again, when, when it is time to kind of put things together, um, you know, if people, again, if you're not, if you're not in front of things and, and, and collaborating and on the same page, if things don't mesh, how's that going to look? Um, again, in the in the, the cost planning side, um, if you've got junior estimators and they, they're using a template um, and one guy ends up using a, a separate template because that's the template that he chooses to use, if you go to, to, to collaborate at the end, that's a, it's a nightmare. Um, so again, if you're, if you're working under kind of a uniform type template, um, when it does come time for that collaboration piece, life's going to go much smoother. You just got to make sure that you're on the right page, on the same page, working together and agreeable from the get go. But wow, that's a lot of discipline. I mean, mean, that's the scary part. That's daunting, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's funny. It's just kind of, I mean, even, even 
bringing all this modeling back to you know the environment that Steve was just talking about is just simple templating. I mean that it's almost uh, directly you know uh, equivalent, and so it's just uh, it's it's just it's it's planning, it's communication, it's uh, you know tool tool set toolkits. You know you know make sure you're you're starting things off with uh, on the same foot. I mean, it's just kind of like uh, I mean, I don't know if it's exactly analogous, but you, know, you can't uh, you can't work on a car. You know, you can't put in a lift kit unless you got the right tools, right? You know, it's like you know if you, you're, you're yeah, we you, learned that the hard way. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like you know it. it I mean, all this stuff kind of just boils down to you know to to really looking at what's in front of you, um, making some few uh, you know first steps. Uh, to uh, you know, best best effort to you know get your ducks in a line, and then uh, and then move forward. So. so I think I think you've you've hit on a topic that we are going to come back to in a podcast, and and that's the idea of the BIM execution plan. But yeah. I think that yeah. you know today I I think you're kind of dancing around this, but as much as we kind of you know kind of sometimes bristle up at the idea of a BIM execution plan, but it doesn't have to be an end to end company wide right. strategy. You can create one so that at least the you know the trades can come together and talk on a project the same way. Right. It doesn't have to be this. Okay, I'm going to create this, this amazing. Exhaustive, yeah, yeah right. exactly. I mean, because that's when it, well, I mean, just the word BIM execution plan. It just <laughs> sounds like I've got everything covered. No, no more questions will ever be asked as long as you follow this. You know, utopia will set in, and uh, that's not necessarily the case. So I think the the military would definitely say that. You know, that that BIM, it's just like the military, like the BIM execution plan goes goes out the window like the first day yeah, of the project, yeah, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's what all the trainings for. Right? But but yeah. I think setting a realistic goal and bringing your trades together at the beginning of that project when you're doing that upfront work and saying, okay, look, we understand that we're not going to have. 78 pages of controls for this site as far as the BIM structure goes. But that being said, let's all agree on how we can utilize some of this to speak the same way, to go through coordination the same way. I mean, you can create to create a tempo and a language there that yeah. seems realistic based on your project size. Yeah, I mean, well, right, exactly. I mean, and the whole thing is, is not to go in and create this this daunting document that turns into a, you know, a binder, you know, a three-inch binder and then it just sits there. I mean, it's like the old CAD standards, really. I mean, mm. you, you can have exactly. all this, you know, this intent to do everything exactly the way everybody's going to, you know, you, you think everybody's going to want to. And on, and everybody could say, yeah, we want that. Um, but when in reality, when, you know, you're in the heat of things, I mean, all that stuff kind of goes out the window. So if you have a simplistic kind of, you know, communication checks and, you know, you kind of step back and, and reevaluate what's really important at this point in time. And just, you know, have a few checkpoints. Again, you know, it, are we, we follow the origin point? Are we oriented in the right location? And then, you know, who, you know, what system, you know, and as far as clashes go, if we're talking about, you know, conflict, you know, what system is going to move? You know, is, is, is it, you know, most expensive system stays in place, the easiest routed system or whoever's last, uh, you know, you know, if, if, right. the guy, if the guys can't get out there until later, you know, then their system ends up getting, you know, has to be the most flexible kind of thing. So, I mean, sometimes it can be really simple. And, and I think that's that's kind of where I wanted to end up on this is that it, it can be this kind of it, it's a moving target to get started in this and to, and to talk about this on a project. And I think the first thing that you, you briefly mentioned just now is, is to understand where your challenges lie on this project. And, you you know, we've all been in the construction industry for a long time. I think the first step to doing to doing this properly is to look at your previous jobs and understanding where the real headaches came from. And then taking that and extrapolating that and making that integrating that into your future plan for the next job. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely tracking, you know, history. History repeats itself, right? So, I mean, it, it definitely behooves you to not just say, whew, we made it through that job, <laughs> right. you know, and just like to actually record that and document that and use it as metrics, you know, for uh, for your future te- uh, endeavors. You know, because that's, that's the nice thing is, is saying that, hey, I don't have to have a 100% binge job up front. But if, you know, if you traditionally, you know, have a real issue with, you know, that, that last bit of finish or whatever with the trades worker, you know, you've got a lot of clashes right at the end of the job when you're, when you're trimming out and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, or your, you know, your punch list lasts longer than usual, then that's the stuff that you should take into consideration your plan and let BIM, let the BIM and the technology help you with those steps, you know, grab some benefit before you go and bite off the whole pie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, well, gentlemen, this is, this has been awesome. So, um, but before we wrap up this episode, we've got some absolutely great news. Um, it's a breaking news segment right here on Foundations. And I've got to be honest. I'm, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm seriously geeked about this. Um, as you might or might not know, but Trimble Dimensions is right around the corner, um, coming up in a couple weeks. Um, and this is Trimble's massive user conference uh, where you can come and learn about a lot of technologies and ideas that affect the construction industry every day. And it's uh, being straight, it's, it's a big deal. Um, it's a great conference, and I know I'm biased, but it really is a fantastic event. Um, and we're realists, though, and we realize that not everyone can go to Vegas for a three-day conference. Um, so we're thrilled to announce that we're taking this show, Foundations, on the road um, to Dimensions. So that's right. We're going to be doing special daily podcasts right on the floor of Dimensions, um, sitting down with some of the luminaries and leaders over at Trimble, um, give you a front-row seat for some of the exciting stuff that's happening over at this user conference. And it's going to be a crazy schedule for us, but three days, three new foundations episodes we're kind of excited about keeping everybody in the loop on this and that's that's if i can keep chris and steve like you know showing up for the podcast being that it is vegas and <sighs> just don't do it early in the morning i'll do my best <laughs> so. or late in the morning or in the afternoon <laughs> <laughs> like four to six is like your sweet spot huh like four to six in the afternoon yeah i think so, <laughs> so. i won't be napping though so, <laughs> so. So, but I, I, we are really excited about that. So, like I said, we're taking the entire show on the road, and uh, we got some great guests lined up. Um, I think it is going to be an all Trimble all the time kind of podcast, but I think it's going to be neat to talk about some of the stuff that's going on in buildings and the industry writ large um, in Trimble's perspective on it. So, we're definitely geeked about that. So, make sure you join us. It'll start um, in, uh, in the next uh, the week following Monday after this podcast drop. Um, so, and we'll be the 5th, 6th, and 7th out in November, of November out in, in Vegas making that recording. Um, so that's it for our show this week. And of course, we love feedback, comments, discussion topics. It's easy to connect with us. Uh, Twitter's best out Foundations BP, but you can also reach out uh, via your building point partners on LinkedIn and Facebook. And of course, make sure you stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing with that favorite podcast client of iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Chris and Steve, gentlemen, next time we sit at the mics, we'll be in Sin City. So looking forward to it. I'm sure you guys are. So it's going to be a blasty blast. Um, And on behalf of the entire Foundations team, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again for joining us this week on Foundations. Stay up to date on each episode by subscribing via iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. 